enjoy the nonchalance, taking culture apart one episode at a time. A social commentary podcast on pop culture, fashion, film, and music. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Destroyed Nonchalance, in which Serena, Rick, and I discuss our postgrad experiences at Central St. Martin's. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. As you know, for the first part of the podcast, we kind of catch up on what we've been doing, um, what our personal projects have involved this week. Um, if we've made any progress, if we haven't, we can. I mean, that's legitimate too. So it's just kind of an opportunity to catch up on. How the day's been? How your week's been? And Serena, you can go first if you want to. Um, I mean, I've been doing like um, research for some articles that I'm putting together for the magazine. I think I mentioned that last week, and I've just been doing more of that. The Black European Royalty? Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've been looking at. And that article comes out in October? Yes, okay. October for Black History Month, yes. So what's... But, What's your process like then? Like, do you go somewhere to work or... So what What do you do exactly? Well, usually if I'm kind of like triggered by something, I'll just write it in a notebook. But usually at around 12 o'clock each day, I will go to the library and I will basically just look on the internet and maybe look at a few books. But mostly it's all on the internet. And I kind of pull down information and uh, put it, put notes together. I mean, I've got other ideas as well for the magazine. Right. To kind of do a feature on uh, Dapper Dan. Oh, um, really? He, yeah, he okay. was a Gucci. Um, he's a Gucci designer, but a lot of his stuff was stolen. Right. When he was a fashion, a Harlem fashion designer, and all the uproar caused Gucci to actually give him a job, so now he's working there. And it's quite an interesting story. So that might also feature. I'm going to pitch it to my editor and see what she says. Ah, that could be really juicy. Yeah. I remember when that was happening. Uh, I hope they give you the green light for it. And then yeah, once so your article is published, you could come in and like just teach us all about what happened. So, Rick, what have you been up to? Uh, well, um, there's a few things. Um, something that I forgot to mention last week is that I graduated, uh, went to my graduation, uh, for, uh, yeah, it's kind of big. I don't know why that slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was something that I didn't, I wasn't so sure that I wanted to go to, but I'm really glad that I did. Um, Grayson Perry was Yay. somebody that I got to shake hands with the crossing the stage and... He gave I was a talk. Over that. Yeah, and he had the best outfit, you know. I mean, the chancellor is awesome at CSM. Um, and um, all of that was just, it was nice. And it wasn't anything that took away from my life. <laughs> it was yeah, just. Yeah, wh- why, why didn't you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, part of me, honestly, was really just scared about meeting Richard and Richie or right. old classmates and see and having to say what are you up to now and what am I up to yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of floating in the air and I haven't really accomplished that much in a I guess an approvable sense 
um, where you can say, oh, I went to work for this company and then this is what I'm doing now, blah, blah, blah. That just went out the window and I was comfortable and I decided to go and, and it was nice. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it was good. I saw, I saw like what Grayson was wearing, Grayson Perry, and yeah, he looked amazing as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? It was like a, a Renaissance prince drag queen kind of look. He had like platform heels. It's cool that the students there design it, what he's going to wear. I didn't know that he had to wear it four, he wore it four days in a row. Yeah, but I, and I bet the student, the fashion student must be really pleased that yeah. like he is wearing yeah, his, that, uh, their stuff, yeah. That's pretty big, so. So today we met up with um, my old boss, uh, the, the guy that founded my, the company I was with last, Inspired E-Learning. Oh. Yeah, he's traveling around Europe with his family, and they stopped in London, and uh, I haven't seen him since we moved to London. Um, oh, good. But he was just, he, was, he reached out, and he's like, hey, it'd be really good to see you after all these years, and we caught up, and uh, he was the guy that I had to say, I want to go to London, and let me, let me work remotely, and he had to approve all of that. And did you tell him what you've been doing, studying, and your plans, and looking, you know, looking for a job, or...? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did. I I did bring up the course that I went to, and yeah. I, I just recently got the visa to act, be able to work here full-time, so mm -hmm. I'm considering all my options. And some other quick things, we, we did finish up watching Stranger Things on Netflix Season 3, we also watched uh, The Dead Don't Die, a movie. The, the cast is really good. Bill Murphy. Bill Murray. Murray. Is, it, is it a comedy? Yeah. It's kind yeah, of, I think I've seen like adverts for Yeah, it. Tilda Swinton is in it. So, uh, yes, yeah. It's kind of like weird and artsy and just odd. And, and they were very aware of the oddity of what they were doing. Like, they directly referenced the script. <laughs> like, yeah. some of the characters know what's going to happen, that it's not going to end well, and, and it turns out they've read the script, so they right. know it's not going to end well. Uh, we did update the theme on Image Amplified. I've, I've been, like, knee-deep in that in the last few days, uh, yeah. changing the look and uh, just making it seem fresher, and it has a long way to go, um, but that's... That's really taking up some time, and I'm hoping that it'll just be for the better. I'm really bad about making decisions and choosing something um, because I'm the kind of person that I have to see it. I was just, just like, like, I don't know. Oh, just decide. Just buy <laughs> like, something. And just shut like up. It. <laughs> it was like $60 to buy a template, and I'm like, if we hate it, we'll just get another one. <laughs> like, just right. make it, let's make a decision. But no, I think it, it, it's looking very good. It's needed this facelift for a while. Yeah, um, and, and just the last quick thing, and um, it might not even be quick, but I'll keep it quick. Uh, I started listening to Stephanie Miller again. <laughs> and uh, Stephanie Miller... Stephanie Miller is a, a, a podcast, radio show host, uh, American radio show host. Um, she's a, it's a liberal talk show host, but it's a, it's a bigger way to get more news. Because we watch The View and that to get like some daily like brief summary of what's going on in America. But since things are kind of blowing up over there right now, in a oh, lot yeah. of ways, uh, impeachment proceedings and all that starting up and the Mueller hearing and 
shit's going down. So uh, I, I I listened to Stephanie Miller back in the Bush years and through all of that and it's like getting the news from your friend at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a nice friendly kind of yeah. voice to tell you about some pretty scary things. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot happening in America. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I mean, it's happening everywhere. In the West, it's it's crazy at the moment. Yeah. Who knows, no, who knows where it's going to end up? It's going to be like that program we're watching, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So what about you, Troy? What have you been um, to? Don't tell any of my supervisors, but I've been doing nothing but podcast research because <laughs> I figured I need to get this skeleton the structure into place I need to understand like how it works so that way um, when I need to focus back on my research um, but that that's also been helping you with your research and the way that you present and the content all here of that. has yeah like if I could just focus on the content and talking about ideas, then that does it does develop another capacity for talking about them and communicating them. But it's more like um, the structural kind of stuff and the formatting and the what you have to go through to record. And I just want to get it as good as I can before I know I have to get back into PhD mode. And so it's been like ten hour days of reading. I have. Um, over 200 pages of notes. Wow. Um, you know, everything from understanding the audience to how to structure the content to, um, like, what you do to put it out in terms of something that's audio versus video and coming up with executive summaries and abstracts and a website landing page. All of this stuff, you know, for good SEO and, you know, just planting the seeds for growth. That's kind of like what I'm doing now. The listeners who are at, with us at this point, who stick with us, are really going to be in for a journey. I hope. I think. I think a lot of what you're doing actually is part and parcel of your PhD kind of, and then it definitely is hand in hand. So it's it's useful for your PhD. Yeah, um, one of the reasons I had the idea to do it was a, a PhD workshop that we did on promoting research through social media and the different websites, the different um, ways to just get your voice out there and podcasting was one of them and it just it coincided with what I thought could work for us anyway because um, it, it allowed us to access our strengths. So I'm just trying to get the skeleton in place. They call it scaffolding. So I'm getting the scaffolding set okay. up. So that way yeah. we know where to hang the ideas that I know that are already there. But so that it resonates with an audience beyond just the three of us. We've already kind of touched on it, but we kind of, we've set aside tonight as one where we could describe our experience, our thoughts on our programs that we went through at Central St. Martin's, which is part of uh, UAL. And... Serena and I did fashion communication through the critical studies pathway um, and Rick you did applied imagination in the creative industries applied imagination in the creative industries the first step Serena tell us who what when where why all right so for me to just like break it down we did Troy and I we did the MA fashion communication course which has three pathways which was journalism fashion image and fashion critical studies now when i saw the course i was attracted to to all three 
Um, I like writing, but I also like fashion image. But when I read about critical studies, that's what kind of sparked my interest because it was more, uh, it had an academic approach and it was about the historical and social role of fashion. And that kind of interested me. And I was always interested in what lies beneath, if that makes sense, like why people buy fashion and why they're interested in being in certain tribes and looking a certain way. Right. Culture, yeah, culture, the cultural aspect of fashion interested me more and I kind of saw it in, in this course and uh, that's why I went for it. I just thought that it would also help me in the future to hone my skills in cultural studies and black studies in what I'm interested in. What was it like the first day going in? <laughs> okay, the first day was crazy because I think that was the first time that the underground had gone on strike. Like the whole of London Underground had gone on strike. Um, so I was late. <laughs> so that was crazy. And the first day it was we had to straight away um, get into groups of three and shadow a fashion MA student who was putting together a collection. So it was pretty full on. It was kind of a real shock. <laughs> but it was good though. I mean, yeah, I learned a lot, I have to say. From the first day. I mean, weren't you late as well? That's, I think that was the first time that we met. We yes, were, I think we, we were met problems with our IDs. We couldn't get yeah, through the yeah. gate or we couldn't get into the door. And there was like some kind of... Honestly, for me, that kind of just took the anxiety out. The two pick on on strike. The fact that I couldn't use my ID to get in. It was like, okay, everything's out the window anyway at this point. I don't have to go into a big lecture hall. I don't have to go and be around like a bunch of people and just sit there and pretend like everything is normal. It's like, nothing is normal. And that's fine. And um, one of the one of the other students that I was waiting with, she's like, this is what the best art schools are like. So this is kind of reassuring. But yeah, so I was just coming out of a marketing program, um, marketing communications program. So it was all about, okay, something's been done. How are you going to communicate it? How are you going to communicate it? And to me, it was always so specific. And they always had to make an exception for fashion. Like, fashion isn't rational. Fashion isn't this or that. So you can't really go with the informational approach to fashion. You have to approach it differently. So it was just always an exception. The thing that was most interested in was always just the exception. The look of, I would put so much time into the, like my presentations and my videos and you know, the look of it. And the response was always, well, we wish we could grade you on the look of it. That's not, that's not where your marks are coming from. It's like, no, I know it's fine. So it was nice to finally believe that I was going to a place where aesthetics and meaning and everything would combine into something that was too outside the box for what I had just been studying for the past four years. I was initially a bit hesitant to go into something that was still so academic because I came out of my first first degree with a distinction and it's like okay I did really well but I need to like take a break that first dissertation you know that I had just finished it took everything out of me it took everything yeah. out of me. I was just drained and I wanted to do nothing but work with colors work with sound I just needed a break and I applied to LCF and I got accepted into um the image making program there and I had a great conversation with her but 
something in me just said, hold off, wait, and see if you get into CSM. <laughs> and it wasn't with the visual thing. It wasn't through the visual pathway. Um, it was through more academics. So um, I think that that was like another tension. And I knew that I was going to be in for like a bare knuckle, like, okay, I've got to get through this because I tend to get obsessive. I tend to get really anxious. And that was kind of, like, I knew what I was getting into, but <laughs> um, that was everything I was prepared for on the first day. And I was really happy that nothing was working. <laughs> because, and then once we got into um, shadowing the, the designer, I was like, this is real. <laughs> like, this is like full on. And I remember approaching the designer that we approached and his work was, I thought it was really interesting. It was really challenging, but he looked very different from the other designers that were in there and he was kind of off on his own. And I'm like, you know, this whole experience is a bit intimidating. Why should I be intimidated by this? So I became like the spokesperson for um, my group and I went over and talked to him and he's like, yeah, let's do it. So that was like the first day and then we went back in and I felt honestly like I could relate to the designer more that I could relate to some of the other people sitting around in our critical studies pathway. Um, just like on the first day because I've worked with designers. I've photographed their stuff. I've thrown fashion shows for them. I've like put together a runway exhibit for designers. That's like my world. So, I mean, that's that was very comfortable for me and that's but I wasn't expecting that kind of exposure like right off the gate. I had gone to um, orientation or it was like some kind of meeting where I got to see Jane for the first time. It was like with 20 other people. Um, and I had gone with a friend who didn't end up applying to the, the program. And I was like, please apply, go there with me. But she was like, no, I just, I'm too scared. The this, this space was intimidating. My idea of what CSM would be was really intimidating. And I had just kind of like mentally shut off. Um, just don't overthink, just go in and kind of make the most of it. Rick, give us a description of who you were and what your first impressions were, what your first day was like in your program. Because yours, yours was Applied Imagination in the Creative Industries. So. Yeah, so I had just finished an MBA. The Applied Imagination in the Creative Industries program, I mean, that title just gets you, gets your attention right away. So when I was looking at a program, um, I had already completed an MA in uh, uh, new media slash journalism, and I had completed an MBA. So the justification for going and doing another MA really had to, I really had to justify that to the school and convince them why and mainly because they have to justify that yes this student is eligible and he has a real reason for getting a visa so for Im immigration and all of that so um, we had to really think about what that program was going to be and Applied Imagination just checked a lot of the boxes and one of the big things that we thought of was, uh, you know, taking this course and melding together my two others to make something. And Applied Imagination is essentially a course where you make something. Um, 
so that that really worked uh, with everything that we needed and of course I was intimidated because it's Central St. Martin's um, why would they accept me and my qualifications and all of that came into play and and they I got the interview and I got accepted right away like at during the call there were a lot of things about the course description that intimidated me and going in that first day uh, I, I of course was familiar with the campus somewhat because Troy had just finished a year there and um, he had some you know advice on how to take in everything but it was still just really it's that first day of anything it's re it's gonna be a little bit scary I really the first day we went in and we already had we already had a brief before we started that first day we had another brief um, we got into our groups it was a lot of the first half of the course was group 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 overlapping and just really challenging you to work with people and break your brain and um, I think the one thing that really helped that first day was uh, in the introductions everybody did and just talking about who you are you know the the same basic icebreaker type thing and and just saying one interesting thing about you uh, just because it, it just gave you a small idea of who was in the in the program and um, you knew a little bit and then you know they they chose groups by using marbles <laughs> like grab a marble if it's blue you're in the blue team you know uh, something like that uh, so it was it was right away this is the course here are your groups here's the first brief here's your tutor get started I mean I think it's important because I didn't like talk about the journey in I guess because because I also applied for the Masters at LCF, London College of Fashion. It's um, MA Cultures, the Histories Pathway. And I actually got onto that course and I was like amazed because what I had to do to get in was to write a thousand word essay on a fashion item. And I think, yeah, and it was about, I did the headscarf. So, I sent that in and then I went for an interview. I mean, I was like, so like, I couldn't believe it. I really was kind of like shocked. Right. But I thought, okay, yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll go in. So I went in and the interview was terrible. I thought it was awful. <laughs> I thought I was really bad. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was nervous as I always am in interviews. Um, so I went away and... I just thought I'd hedge my bets and try Central St. Martin just because it's the best fashion school in the world. I think that's still true at the moment. Right. It ranks the highest. And yeah, I thought I'd send in a thousand word essay for uh, the fashion critical studies pathway. Um, I got called in for an interview. I was so excited. And just talking about the buildings, like when I went to London College of Fashion, they were like doing some construction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was going like this tight corridor, and it just seemed so claustrophobic. So that kind of added to the nerves, and it was a hot day. <laughs> and then when I went to Central St. Martin's, and I met like Jane, and like went into that brand new industrial kind of huge building, it was like, 
oh, it's like I could breathe. And it was like, <laughs> my ideas could just like fly off. I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. And like, she took me to the canteen. Oh, she and, did? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And we sat down and I remember more than the course, we were talking about um, Trump and uh, Hillary because it was just before, yeah, it was just oh before the God. election. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was saying, oh, I reckon we're going to have our first female uh, uh, president. And I was like, I'm not so sure. And she said, surely. <laughs> and she, yeah. Oh. And, she said, and she said, surely not. And I said, you never know. I mean, look at Brexit. She called me back and I got on the course. She accepted me on the course in that interview. Oh, she did in the interview? In the interview. Okay. And that kind of, I thought, yeah, definitely, I'm going to turn down... LCF and just come to Central St. Martins. Okay. I was. The, I guess I was the only one who didn't find out during the interview. I had to, like, bother Jane. Like, I think it was the oh, next day right. or the day after. And she's like, hmm, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like that. It just kind of felt like that. Like, yeah. But that situation was... It, we were kind of dire because we, we had to leave the UK because of his visa was out. Oh, so right. we had we left the UK without knowing if we where gonna, are you gonna go? <laughs> like, how we're we gonna get back? Like what when are we, we gonna get back? Really? Like we didn't know. Yeah. So I I don't know what would have happened if Jane wouldn't have said yes. Because <laughs> so. I mean he got the interview and everything out while he was outside of the UK. Yeah, oh, I was doing it all right. by Skype. Yeah, it was. Actually, Troy, yeah. I met. I must have met you then before you met me, because I remember you on the um, the open day. Really? And, yeah, ah. and you were with your friend. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I don't know. I just saw you, uh, like okay. on the court, like in that classroom upstairs. Yeah. Oh well, wow. that's so that's so strange. Like, yeah, were is, you there? Yeah. With, were you there alone, or did you have? People? I was there alone. I was there alone. Okay. I do. I, I do. I do think though that it, it is like as we're doing the podcast, it is useful because I remember before I got onto the course, I was searching and researching how to get onto how to get into UAL fashion schools. Oh, and I really? was watching you. Yeah, and I was watching YouTube videos of. There's loads of them online about how to get in and what to put in your portfolio. And do you know what I mean? I mean, so that's so smart because you know, I did absolutely no research on how to get in, like, I just did no research at all. And yeah, I maybe that's why I didn't get in during the interview. But, but the thing is, is I don't even think any of what I watched helped. Oh, really? It, no, I think in the end it was just me connecting with Jane and a certain confidence in the interview. I think that's what oh. cinched it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, as much as people search, just to give advice, look, search for what to say or how to be or how to act, it is basically a cliche of just be yourself and to be Yeah, confident. it's down to you. It's down to the person yeah. and, and how well you hold up. Like, I, I think each pathway would be so specific. If it's going to get beyond the cliche and beyond just, you know, the common sense stuff, like what kind of answers that you give, um, it would just be so specific. I mean, a fashion designer going in would be very different from an actor going in, very yeah, different from yeah. like a critical studies. And were the videos that specific? No, no, not at all. They were just basically how to get into fashion school. So mostly oh, it was okay. if, you were, if you're a designer and stuff like that, that was basically, or, or an artist, 
you know, so it didn't really pertain to what I was doing. So I just kind of had to search and just, like, just go for it. And I kind of just forgot I was an interview with Jane. And that's what's so good about Jane Tynan, our professor. Yeah, Yeah. that she just kind of puts you at ease. And um, yeah, talking and talking and talking. And she was like, okay, I'll put you Like, she will call me out on certain things. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, like, if you try to do a literature review and you don't put in enough references, she'll call you out on it. And that's oh, what happened okay. last time. <laughs> but come okay. on, I was writing about time and space. This is a really big topic. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, so, um, what were some of the frictions that you encountered with the course early on? Like, before you had a chance to really develop a deep understanding of what the course was doing? Um, well, the frictions, I guess, I guess on our pathway, it wasn't as, let's say, um, like competitive then as, oh. let's say, the journalism course. I mean, what do you think, Troy? Um, I mean, well, I think one of the, the frictions for me was, it was, I, I loved the setup of the school. Um, I loved enrolling in the course and then just having what it felt like were weeks where we could just do what we wanted to do. <laughs> and I mean, we didn't have any assignments due right away, um, like the journalism people were, and it seemed like the imagery people were. So we just got a chance to start exploring. I liked that. But um, one of the frictions was my background. I just didn't feel like I had the knowledge to tackle every subject like I could have as we went week to week. We were like going through so many subjects and it was just one week after another, something different, something different, something different. And I barely had a chance to explore any of those because I felt like I was always trying to catch up. And I explained that feeling to, to Jane and how I just feel like everything was turned upside down. And it was just, it was a great feeling because I was just dumped into this world that I had to make sense of myself. I was definitely in over my head in the beginning and I mean, it's a, like that's a perfect situation to be in, but it was definitely a friction early on. To come to the, I mean, yeah, I felt out my depth for sure, especially on that first day, and it didn't kind of stop; it just kept going and going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the feeling that we had on that first day, but it was exciting and it was consistent and definitely. And it, yeah, and it was like a driving force. It was kind of, and I did love the teaching style where they would come in and do a case study and and like allow us to debate as students and I think that was quite good where we debate with people and there were like stronger voices in the class and yeah that was quite that was quite interesting and then we'd meet and talk with others in our class and yeah I mean we really needed it was a real crash course in theorists and yeah. theories frameworks and, and I mean they really dumped it in on us and I mean I learned a lot that's for sure I learned a lot. But yeah, I started to debate towards the end, yeah, towards the back end of the course and was able to kind of raise my voice. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) but at first I was kind of, I didn't say a thing. I didn't didn't really say a word. And I was always kind of worried about how I was writing and my communication and if I was good enough to do the academic work. But yeah, I got through it and learned and learned a lot. Because writing for marketing and writing for this that course were two very different things. And I could tell that Jane was surprised when I would do certain things in my writing. And she'd be like, 
that you sound like a business person. You sound like you sound like a marketer. She's like, is that a convention in marketing to use this kind of expression or format your paper like this? And yeah. he's like, um, I guess so. <laughs> it's just the way I've done it. <laughs> but yeah, so Rick, what were some of the frictions with yours? I think that the frictions that happened were because there wasn't enough of a full understanding on what people were going into <laughs> from the beginning um, because it was like this uh, at the beginning we did a lot of projects we would deliver them and halfway through one project we would start another and you know they were overlapping and you had to work with different groups and um, at the delivery of the project you just kind of moved on and there wasn't there wasn't the feedback that you would expect to get so that you would get better like other courses would give you courses that you may have done before you did this one and the whole point of the course is not the result of a project but the process that you went through by going through that project and what you learned and the way you thought through it all and how you opened up and I think a lot of people were not expecting that. There was a feeling of being lost a lot of the time for some, some of the group. And I would hear it in the... After a brief was given or after a project finished or... Um, in the group chat that we had on our WhatsApp. Um, there wasn't enough feedback, but that was the point that is the course that is how the course works um there isn't going to be a lot of feedback and the point is not the end result of whatever project you did um so is that something that you came to understand or is that something they should have explained in the beginning um that is something that came up towards the end of the course uh there was more explanation on um exactly what the deliverables needed to be for the final project they were vague for a reason it's like when they don't give you the keys to the door and they don't tell you where the door is you need to go figure out where the door is that way you might trip over something or smell something on the way to finding the door um so and that might be helpful for your project so i i understood that um but I empathized a, a little bit with the students, and it was a conversation that was had with the with the course leaders, and it was uh, multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. Like, like they gathered everyone, and you know, it was like, no, you are not going to get feedback on certain things because that's not how the course works. This is how the oh, course works. Oh, like almost as in in protest, they wanted yeah. feedback. There oh, was an wow. uprising. <laughs> yeah, there was, and 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 I mean. There were some students that, I mean, you know, it seemed like they may have kind of given up and didn't care um, anymore. Uh, it's a big title to live up to, Applied Imagination. Yeah. So a lot of people... <laughs> it was like going through the... Uh, okay, I'll just go through the, the phases uh, of, you know, finishing this. But it was like... Some people were disillusioned, but it wasn't really warranted, I don't, I don't think, because they tried to tell us <laughs> a lot of times that 
It's not it's not about the end product, especially when it iterates and it's going to change anyways. Um, and I mean, you know, part of part of me was like, I understood that, but it's really hard to unstick yourself from the other way of thinking where you have to have something at the end. So, so, I, so it, it wasn't about lateral thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did try. I really tried to marry both. Really, one of my goals was to break myself down. Because it, it, it was still a continued exploration. Because I, I still didn't know, and I still don't 100% know how I want to do what I, I'm going to do next. But it was really... Um, the way the course was described, I thought, oh, this is going to be a good way to to help me um, really look in into myself and really focus on what I can do to unstick some of the things that are pretty solid and break down some walls that are there. Go in, do something scary, and the first thing that I figured out about doing an MA is that you can... It doesn't matter the course that you go into, you can make it your own. At some point, you're going to have to do a dissertation or a project, and you're going to make it your own, something that you care about and something that you're interested in. So any MA can turn into, or PhD, it's your own thing that you're going to have to own. And so you better be interested in what you're doing. You can really, like focus it on something that you're passionate about. So with Applied Imagination, uh, my goal was to go in and break some walls and see if something interesting came out of that big unknown title that the course has over itself. And it's, it's a scary unknown. Um, yeah, a, a Applied Imagination sounds like you're going into a different dimension. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared because it was... It, <coughs> It really makes you face up to certain things about yourself and really look in. And that's not something I do very well or very often. Well, I mean, just to go on from what Rick said, I agree with... It really does make you kind of face yourself and kind of forces you to go deeper. You know, not just in sense of looking at theory and just the output of it, but... What right. you put in means you have to go a lot deeper and face your demons, in a sense. And, yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> yeah, I think it did solidify um, my natural instincts of where of what I'm interested in. It, it certainly did. Yeah. I mean, I look at, like, black studies, um, intersectionality, uh, black fashion, black fashion narratives, you know, and doing this course really allowed me to explore that and and it has literally and it has taken me through to kind of what I'm doing now I felt like I could just go in and kind of lose myself that's what it ended up becoming I have a deeper curiosity now I think that's the that's the consequence of how I came into it um I knew that it being an academic program, it was going to, it was just, I was going to be driven by anxiety. I was going to be full throttle curiosity mode and I was able to do that. I don't, I don't know about conquering demons. And again, I don't know if it's, I haven't shaped it into anything like really professional yet. And because 
you know, I'm now doing a PhD. It's a continuation of the academic stuff. So I don't know. It's it the the MA never really it didn't really finish. It didn't, didn't reach a completion for me because I almost approached it as a prep for PhD stuff. So it's almost felt like a continuation. I just don't have to go through classes anymore. So did you go into the MA knowing you wanted to do a PhD? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I knew I, went, I wanted to get a PhD somehow. I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And um, the critical studies, it was like, yeah, if you want to get a PhD, this is the pathway you want to you want to take. But beyond that, when I was doing my BA, I knew I wanted to get a PhD and I was considering doing it in like consumer psychology. The fields and the disciplines were very boundaried. Like you use this approach or use this approach. And I was like, okay, that's very clear cut. But when I went to CSM and nothing was clear. And so it was all blurred fields and all this kind of stuff. So like that kind of certainty went away, but that's fine because that opened the door for me for curiosity. So I felt I trusted CSM as a school. Therefore I could, let loose myself. I could just go full throttle and go in. And whatever happened, as long as I did well enough to get into a PhD program, I was happy. Rick, did you break yourself down in terms of... Well, what I think happened, because I, I don't think that you're ever done conquering demons um, and finished with any of that. And what really resonated with the course is that everything is always going to be a process and I need to learn to think about the process more and not the end result. So I mean it's really it's helped with changing my way of thinking on certain things, uh, thinking of the what, why, how, if, which is one of the big things that we had to do for the projects that we did and the final project. and really applying that to anything that you do down to, you know, if I go to the gym, this is the what, why, how, if situation. Um, so that can really apply to anything. And my goals being met what, by going to CSM, I, I think it met them, but I, I'm also not done. It's like, I'm not, I was, I knew it was not going to be cooked, that I was going to come out in the end something, with something that I didn't know I had, and while I found some of those things, it's not done, and one of the biggest things was the, the fear of missing out, and it's still, that was still like, the, that anxiety was there throughout the whole thing, and I mean, I talk to you about it at the very beginning because every once you walk into that campus I want to talk to everybody I want to be involved in like everybody's like it's like watching people walking by but they're it's like a world like everybody is a world and everybody has something interesting that they're doing and there's always talks and there's always this and there's always that and there's never enough time in one year there's an anxiety that you go in with like oh i need to make sure that i'm like participating you're talking about this being surrounded by people who you don't really know what they're doing but you think it's going to be really interesting and you wish you could just understand more you wish yeah. you could see more yeah but it's not it's not even possible because the internal factors are pulling you in 
and they surround you like you have to go into a new world in every brief and you have to really dissect everything from the research to the ideas to the group dynamic and come up with something that you deliver and that really envelops you and especially when you're doing it on top of other projects that you're doing with other group yeah. groups yeah it's really intense that so your own internal thing is like just kind of keeping you focused on that internally it was it was because it was kind of so f fast and furious kind right. of all the topics and the themes and the theorists um you know and being in that class it was so fast and enjoyable at the same time it it kind of taught me to form a point of view to be prepared almost with what i'm going to say you know what i felt about a topic or a theme right and to try and, and do that fast i mean at first i found that hard i mean i still do it i must admit but it has definitely taught me internally to kind of trust my point of view and to try and go with it if i had known going into it that you're not going to know enough beforehand, but it's all right. You're going to learn to go through it. That Just embrace the learning experience for what it is and don't worry about it so much. Just knowing that. like Learning how to learn in a new way was part of the, U the UALCSM experience for me. And that's just something I had to like get into. And it, that realization helped me to forget about myself and kind of get into it, or at least start doing that. But I'm going to tell you, I mean, I'll just be like straight up with you. I had gotten so much anxiety um, through getting through the coursework because one, I didn't know I was dyslexic. I didn't know I was dyspraxic. And I had just finished a BA dissertation and my brain was just like, so, I mean, it was just like rubber. It was like rubber at this point. And then I go into this this critical studies program and uh, it's like, okay, I'm going to start from scratch, give myself a breather. And I thought I had managed it, but, and, you know, and the internal things are like dyslexia and then dyspraxia. And then the external things are like all of this information coming at me. And by, I think we had like, two or three rounds of essays where we were turning things in, I had just started to freak out and I wasn't doing anything other than reading and writing. Like, literally doing nothing other than reading and writing. And when the semester was over, when the term was over, I went into um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. I was so riddled with anxiety. Like, just like even after the course was over waves of anxiety would just pass through me like i don't know i didn't i couldn't feel i couldn't feel what it felt like to be normal anymore sometimes i would just be walking down oxford street and my heart would just be beating out of my chest for no reason and i remember that that feeling coming up um when i had like a, a deadline due in the ba thing and it grew a little more when we had like our essays due for critical studies and it just kept growing and kept growing and it didn't really end i wish i had just known what I learned through therapy that 
It's all right to experiment. It's all right to learn how to learn. Every situation is different. And I didn't know that. And something that had been communicated to us on the very first day was that, you know, your MA grade doesn't really matter as long as you pass unless you want to go into the PhD program. And then you're going to have to do pretty well. <laughs> so I was not off the hook. And I never felt off the hook. I never felt like I, I could just breathe. And so, like, the pressure was just full on to the point where when it was over, I was not the same person anymore. Like, the demons had grown up around me and they had, like, taken over and they would just take over in episodes. I mean, I, I, I can certainly relate to that. The the pressure was was really tough. I mean, really tough in the same way. And I had to kind of get help and because it was just so much with the essays and the presentations. And that group work was like like a baptism of fire. <laughs> you had terrible groups. You yeah, had my terrible group groups. Was, we just didn't get on. And it was just, it was kind of so full on. And yeah, and then my, my grandma died like seven months after my uncle oh, died. That's right, that was another thing we had in common. We both. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then I, I had to go and like seek some help. It was like really full on, and and you're right. I feel honestly rewired since I've uh, since I left that course, and it was so stressful. And also the topic that I was looking at, um, black studies, and I was almost felt like I was not pushed, but my tutor was like, you know, that's what you should look at. Really? Like maybe yeah, like subconsciously it wasn't what I was going for but it was almost as if if I didn't go for it then nobody would know about black studies or I had to hold that beacon up so even that was another level of pressure yeah I mean do you think that pressure was there or do you think it was something you were putting on yourself to do I mean I think I was putting it on myself okay but it was but it, it was the fact that it was almost expected yeah like having to look at that theme, that topic. But then when I delve, when I did delve into it, it did make sense. And it was something I definitely wanted to, um, you know, raise a flag about. But after I'd left, after looking at discourse particularly and fashion and black resistance, yeah. in, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, you know, it was quite, it, it was a lot. And honestly, like, doing the MA, it was so much. I mean, I was just, like browsing some of the stuff I'd done today, like my MA, my dissertation. And, oh, really? Wow. How was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, because I know we were talking about this today, and, I was just, and I'll just give you some of the examples. I did a, one was called Drinking Lemonade, Black Fashion Narratives, uh, which explores the theoretical, historical, and literary frameworks of feminism and race, which feature in... Uh, Beyonce Knowles' visual album, Lemonade. So, so you wrote this? You wrote yes. an essay? Yeah, ah, I did okay. that. And then I did, like, sartorial identity on the African diaspora. And then my dissertation was the study of resistance, the black female body in the 1970s and 80s as symbols of ideological conflict. You know, and that was, like, full on. Yeah. I mean, I know you both understand, like, when you go deep into a project, but that also in my case it's quite a personal project as well at the same time so kind of when i left that kind of discourse and 
looking at resistance. I just totally didn't want to have anything to do with it for a little while. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then that's why I almost started my Instagram page, um, the Georgian Diaspora. Right. Which was more looking at beauty and the romantic side, what I see as romantic and beauty when I was growing up when I looked at these pictures and then never saw them anywhere. So that's the basis because when I was looking at a lot of discourse and like resistance, the kind of stuff I'd see online were always like slave pictures or uh, KKK pictures or right. just, just like violence, basically. Right, right. So, you know, visual violence yeah. of, of that time involving black bodies and... I kind of wanted to counteract that. Oh, see, I didn't know that was in contrast to yeah. what you were doing with the, in the program and for your dissertation. It seemed, I mean, from the outside, it almost looks like a, um, a natural extension, almost mm-hmm. like going th- approaching it from a different angle. Because it was that I was like looking and studying and so much kind of violence and <laughs> yeah. the kind of the wrongs that had been done and uh, there, it was. It was full on, and the Instagram page was like a break from that. It was like the beauty that I see and kind of what I'm truly interested in. Right, right. And almost kind of what I don't want to kind of involve. So it's hard because especially looking at whether I was to do a PhD. Right. Because I almost think I don't want to go down that road again. I don't think my brain could take looking at um, discourse, but how do I look at you know, black fashion without, you know, looking at the hardships of the black narrative. So that's kind of my dilemma at the moment. Rick, knowing, have, have we talked about what you had, what you had known going into the program? I, I mean, I partly talked about it at the beginning is it really engaged more with the students. I did engage with some of the students and we're, fr- we're good friends. Um, even to the point where we're going to visit one of them in China. I think your course would have been really interesting to do because that idea... I think everybody should do that course at least once. Anytime in your career, anything that you're doing, go into that course because you will... It just, it kind of buzzes, it puts electricity in your body. And it's just, it forces you to think and to do so much it's not and so academic no and th- really there isn't that you can really go into that course and like be playful and i i guess i should have gone in thinking that more and i i didn't but in the end it it, it went well and it turned out well and learning how to just be more experimental not be attached to the idea of success and you know play around with it and very approach like vary your approach to things and that sounds like one of the core lessons to learn yeah because it regardless of any of it it's an experience and nobody's gonna be able to take that experience away from you so why not try to enjoy it if if it's possible yeah yeah and see and i guess and i guess it's almost like uh your course was based on the creative process which isn't linear it's yeah. Kind of all over the place. It's scary. It's messy. It's wrong. And then 
and you go through all the crazy craziness you kind of suddenly just before the deadline you kind of come to a realization yeah it's 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 a raw process and you're you're left in the end like exposing yourself <laughs> in so many different ways and uh you basically yeah that's it's it's just a raw process and um i guess that feeling of being exposed if you're really in it and you're doing it the way that you should be i yeah i should really continue doing that work because it was it's still really scary and i think talking to the professionals and getting their feedback on their experiences was really interesting it's still scary but um all of those things can help people going out of school and feeling like they just dropped off a cliff because the school's done with you and they're on to their next cycle it's like that it's just repeating like just to think that there's another set of of uh applied imagination people halfway through now going into their final project phase it's crazy but it's it's that cycle continues and um dealing with that anxiety and that stuff that's what i was trying to look into yeah i mean i agree i think um you know looking after yourself your well-being and you know taking care of like your your managing how you feel right. in a positive way you know making sure you're checking in with how you feel and what you're doing rather than going on autopilot and then kind of crashing i think that's always good yeah but but also in terms of like subjects i get a lot of people asking me you know they're not sure what they want to do and i still have that kind of problem but you know trying to honing on exactly what i want to do and take forward as sometimes i have a I have a problem with focusing on one subject because I kind of see the bigger picture before I see like one main thing to do. And I would say pick anything almost that you're interested in that you find interesting and then just take that forward because what will happen is all the other things that you're interested in will be brought into it no matter what subject you kind of focus on. So don't worry too much about the beginning because it's it's the end point so that would be my advice linking to what rick was saying and his project like one of the things is now i've left yeah and a lot of people on my course we don't feel like the alumni program uh, yeah. you know or the careers advice isn't as good as it could be it doesn't live up to its name yeah, no, and that's what I was looking into, that these alumni programs don't really do what they say they, what people think that they do, because um, yeah. they, they are pretty clear about what they do, which, you know, they, they get you together for, like, uh, drinks, or they ask for money, or they do some events here and there, but... Alumni pro uh, the alumni organization isn't really a lot of the time connected to the careers. Yeah, the careers. And it's be. crazy. It should be one thing because yeah. sometimes the careers 
doesn't have the emails to contact the alumni or yeah, vice versa. <laughs> and it's it's like a huge problem. And it's not just, you know, UAL or CSM. I have graduated from quite a bit of schools and I never hear from them in a way where, what? how are you doing? We want to support you. Um, this is professionals in the workforce that have really interesting things to say if you want to go into this field, for example, um, and this is what you should be doing. Um, you really have to pursue them and it's kind of, it's a lot of extra effort to get the bare minimum, I think, from these organizations that, I again, whenever I was pitching my thing, they were like, well, isn't that what alumni organizations do? The, the tutors were saying that to That's me. That's how they responded to your project. Yeah. They're like, isn't and that what alumni is like, supposed to do? No, because I keep talking to a lot of students and even uh, professionals in the workforce, and that's not the experience that they had. And that's not the experience I've had. So it was a lot of looking in and, and seeing, well, this has affected me in this way, and these organizations, and I had to do the research, of course, and a lot. there's a lot of gaps there, and a lot of um, people know that this problem is happening, and it, just imagine all the universities worldwide and how they keep pumping out students, but how much support are they getting once they finish? Yeah, and, well, this is it. There's no and you graduate, for them. Yeah, you graduate with this degree that you don't really know a lot what to do with, and you end up doing something else that doesn't really relate, but I guess the fact that you have a degree qualifies you to do phone center management job or whatever. Yeah. Fill in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> or stocking at Tesco's or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I want this to be really good, is because I think that opportunities are so abstract you almost have to like shape them for yourself it's going to be like one card of many that are in our pockets but yeah still i want it to be a good one yeah it's like starting to pay interest on your loan before it's due so that it's not that heavy at the end that's what you're doing right now you're paying interest so that yeah. at the end you're not yeah. Facing a giant bill. I mean, again, I feel like this is one of those subjects that we're going to continue to talk on because we're continuing to research, but also we're continuing to deal with questions about how to like turn this into employment or at least how to turn this into money. So as we wrap this up, let's all say bye and then let everyone know where they can find us in social media. Um, you can find me at Georgian Diaspora on Instagram. Yeah, my personal profile is the number five by the number five forever and that's instagram and i don't follow any script on my instagram so you might be bored if you go and follow me but that's where i am and my look at me bored it's, there's all kinds of stuff on yours oh mine's the boring one mine's and i think on twitter and instagram it's troy underscore wise so if you want to find me there you can but i'll put the links in the write-up and everything so you can just click it'll be easier thanks guys thank you for listening and we hope you found it interesting and maybe constructive and see you next time Bye. 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 Thank you for listening.
listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We put it out weekly. And follow us on social media. We're on every platform. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. Everywhere.